This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Retro RGB Writers Podcast. This is something I've wanted to do ever since I opened up the site to other contributors because I really want to introduce all of the amazing writers to everybody else. So some people you've probably seen and heard of before. Um, other times, maybe you're not so familiar with their work. So I just want to start this on a regular basis as something where the writers can just sit down and talk about retro gaming and stuff that we like and whatever's been going on. Really just to, as a way for you to get to know them. And now I have a, a better understanding when you read some of the more in-depth articles that are written on where they're coming from. Now, of course, I can't get everybody who contributes all on one podcast. That would be a little insane trying to get all those people coordinated at once, but uh, I'm going to continue to do this and each time invite new and different people on. And I also want to make sure to highlight all of the behind-the-scenes contributors that aren't ever really in front of the camera and sometimes don't even get their names on the articles because they're part of the testing part. I think being in a position that I'm in, I get to see all of the work that gets done on all sides. I just want to make sure to celebrate and thank everyone who's ever contributed to this. So uh, let's start out and see how this goes. We're across four different time zones all around the world, so I think the Skype delay is probably going to be worse than usual. (laughs) So if we all talk over each other, just give us a second for the delay to kick back in and we'll figure it out. But uh, welcome to the first ever Retro RGB Writers Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us for the first ever Writers Podcast. I really appreciate you all all being here and taking the time to do this with me. Awesome. Absolutely. Great to be here. Uh, I'd like to go around and uh, and introduce all of, or have all of you introduce yourselves, and I'll just go in the order that the boxes happen to be in uh, OBS. Uh, Ray, you want to start out? Sure. Why not? Why not? So, many you know, I'm, I'm Ray Command. I do. I have my own YouTube channel where I just review at this point just random stuff <laughs> or whatever I have time to review, whatever I buy. Uh, from New York City, I grew up in the age of arcades and. I feel like I'm, you know, super fortunate to have grown up in that time. You know, all the 80s arcades and everything. I'm sad that they're gone. Dave and Buster's just is no replacement for them. Um, I want to say something that may sound a little strange, but everything that I have now is because of Neo Geo. Oh. I owe my life to Neo Geo. Wow. Neo Geo made me want to learn computers because because of Neo Geo, I learned how to build a computer. I learned how to use emulators. How I use file systems, and that got me jobs and advanced me in my career so much. So. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That is That's incredible. Awesome. Uh, Thanks, guys. Uh, Vanessa, you're up. <laughs> yes, I'm Vanessa, or also Vanessa, kind of a combination of my name and my little cousin's name. So, you know, when you uh, get into World of Warcraft or any other type of MMO, you need some kind of cool name. So I came up with that years ago, and it's just kind of stuck with me ever since. Uh, I am very much into kind of everything electronics, whether it's classic computers, 
um, consoles, uh, music equipment, but I'm not at all a music uh, person. I just am very much an enthusiast. Same with computers and, and consoles, very much just an enthusiast and massive fan. Uh, so I love... I love the technology behind it. I love the history behind it. I kind of majored in history, uh, among other things. And so I have a really big appreciation for, you know, the the level of work that went into uh, technology. And, and I don't want it to be forgotten. And some of you also may know me. I'm a community contributor for uh, the World of Warships and Wargaming, uh, the gaming company. So I do that. Uh, also, in addition to a million other things that I do. Awesome. Thank you. Ronnie, uh, your Thank turn. You. Yeah, sure. So my name is Ronnie, and I live in Beirut, Lebanon. I'm very far away from you guys. Um, uh, I'm a professional musician, and um, I got into gaming probably was around 91 or 92 when I first got my Mega Drive. That's what it's called here. Um, um, and I played it probably until 97, 98. Then I got into uh, computers and um, I stopped messing with games probably in the mid 2000s when I got so much into music and bands and stuff like that. And I got back into it probably in 2009. And then I bought my first SCAR TV in 2013 or 14. And then I discovered Retro RGB. <laughs> and that's where I learned most of the stuff that I know now. Um, yeah, that's it. Now I own um, a super awesome uh, stationary setup. Thanks. To you. Yeah, I see your BVM back or your PVM. So, yeah, it's right? great. It's great to be. That's that's a PVM twenty nice, two. Nice. Right? Good, and, good uh, I, I can't imagine Thanks. anybody watching this needs an introduction. But would you do one anyway, Smoke Monster? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Thanks for having me, Bob. Uh, I'm Smoke Monster. I have a YouTube channel, and um, yeah, I'm interested in console gaming and arcade gaming mainly. Dipping my toes into uh, PC stuff for the first time, for the most part. I mean, minus you know DOS computers growing up. But uh, yeah, I I enjoyed being a writer with Bob for I think about a year and a half now, and uh, meeting you guys. And that's one of the thrills of my life is you find something cool and then you get to post an article on it and bring some attention to it momentarily. So yeah, yeah, I think that's one thing that um, that all of the writers, but especially all of you, have in common is that you know we all have the. Uh, the quick notice posts like hey everybody the pre-order's open you know like that's those are very helpful and I'm very glad that we all stay on top of those but the ones that always really stood out are the ones where you could tell that it's something you were very passionate about so you know the the um uh, high score girl one from Ray that got me to watch the show that was really great uh, some of the ones from um, Vanessa's computing ones and you know just I'm really uh, it always paints such a different picture when you read a perspective from somebody that has genuine love for what they're talking about and not just trying to fill words in a post. You know what I mean? So that's, uh, that's awesome. Right. We're all very great at that. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Acronyms. Thanks. <laughs> Acronyms. You almost got me, but you didn't last week. <laughs> so do, um, do all of you have like a favorite post or anything like that? Is there one that you did that's, uh, that's your favorite so far? In my case, I think it's the high school girl one. You guys just, Something that you you don't normally see on the site. Just it was kind of an experiment for me, and I was a little worried when I hit post on that one or publish because I didn't know how people would react. But 
surprisingly, people seem really receptive to it. Yeah, at first, because it was an anime one, I'm like, well, I mean, I, I'm never going to tell anybody no on a post, but like, oh, I don't, I'm not sure if I get it. And then I read the post, and I went, oh, it really is. It's a, it's a TV show, but it's really about gaming. So that was cool. Anybody? Yeah, yeah, it was a really good article. I enjoyed the uh, reading up on it. I know that recently um, the... RYM twenty six twelve article. I actually didn't realize like how big that article would have been, and I just I got the little pop up on it, and uh, there was another um, what's his name on Music Radar had had written an article, and I went to the website, and I was like, oh wow, this is really cool. I should put a post on it. And I didn't realize like wow, a lot of people are really into this VST mm-hmm. and and want to you know mess around with VGM. Uh, a Genesis Mega Drive music, and I was like, I was, right. I was kind of shocked. I didn't expect it to be a big hit article. It just, I just wanted to put it out there and say, hey, this is out there for you music lovers and and Genesis Mega Drive lovers, and and like I got a lot of feedback on it. It's like, oh wow, okay. Yeah, that was really interesting. How about you, Ronnie? You have a, a favorite post so far? Uh. Um, yeah, I especially enjoyed the, um, the the article that I wrote about the Gemma extension cables last week. Um, that was more like a product review more than anything else. You know, I'd I'd like to have something um, to 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 fiddle with between my hands um, um, and then write about it. So yeah, um, there's one more thing. Um, <laughs> I I um, especially enjoyed the. the uh, uh, Fortra Flex, um, <laughs> uh, the Flex article that I wrote a while ago, and I kept on calling it Fortraflex. <laughs> it was around 6 a.m. here, and I was so tired, and I kept running Fortraflex, Fortraflex. <laughs> And then we found out about a week later, it's Fortraflex. I was like, oh, my God. So, yeah, I asked yeah. Rachel about that. I was like, dude, why didn't you say anything? She's like, ah, it doesn't matter. You're still pointing. The link is correct. <laughs> you, you know, the tech specs are fine, whatever. <laughs> oh, she's so kind. Yeah, yeah. so th- those are, that's a good article, and those were great cables, too. It's, uh, we have so many choices oh, now absolutely. that everybody's, uh, almost every setup you can imagine is completely covered. So that's, that's pretty awesome now. And I want to just point out that I have MSX cables that uh, Rachel custom made. And she didn't have to, but she made some MSX cables for my Turbo R. And um, good to go with them. I'm really impressed with her work. Yeah. Lots of people don't know she does like custom cables. If you can describe it, she'll build it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really her I've specialty got a now. Really weird one that I needed for arcade stuff that she built me that I've had for years, and it's like built like a mm. tank. Very Absolutely. good stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Vanessa that, also has a, an A twenty four BVM, correct? The A series of the yes, the A twenty four E one W sixty eight K input card. So yep. not only does she have one of the yep. most oh, badass wow. monitors out there, that also means, unfortunately for her, occasionally I send her a box and like test this stuff, please. Yep. Test this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it, you know, everything has worked. Granted, I I don't have a master system yet, um, but honestly, once I get the Genesis kind of repaired. Um, I, honestly, I'll probably just use the PowerBase converter uh, for Master System stuff because mm-hmm. I don't I don't really see the need 
when I can just have the Tower of Power there. And, um, and you know, now with the Mega SD mm. out, honestly, you know, I'll get my um, CD1 repaired, but honestly, it's just going to be there for looks because watching Smoke, watching all that stuff that you've done with the Mega SD, it's, there's just, just get that. I mean, it's just so awesome. Yeah, yeah, the other side of that too is um, since you have such a good monitor, or the same with people that use like an OSSC and a 4K, and they take the time to to tweak the OSSC, you you will not be able to get at least today you will not be able to get the same video output of a master system as you would from like a Genesis with the triple bypass. So if you were to go out and buy a master system, um, you would absolutely notice the difference in video quality. So getting like the PowerBase FM from Renee or something like that. Uh, you could still use original carts and everything is the same. So I would just do that, to be honest. The only issue might be you would have to get the original power base converter if, and the 3D glasses if you wanted to do that. That is one thing. Everybody always forgets about the damn 3D glasses. I just want a 3.5 millimeter I, port. I just ordered mine. <laughs> How much do they come out to? I mean, if you don't mind uh, filling us in on that. Like, what's the Me? range of now? I yeah, paid 28 the- bucks shipped, but oh. I, they don't have the ear <laughs> piece at all. So I think uh-huh. I'm gonna get like I'm gonna get like a a workout strap or something. You know. Well, there's um. Hold them on that way. I'll look pretty cool. There's generic oh, yeah. glasses that work better than both the Nintendo and the Sega ones. I've though. heard that. Yeah. And it's you know very few regrets since I've started the website, and uh, one of them was when I didn't buy a pallet of brand new PVMs for like a hundred bucks each because oh. I thought oh they'll oh. be around forever. <laughs> yeah. Stupid mistake. <laughs> so. But the next one was uh, sorry, Vanessa. One second. But the next story was the. Um, I, there was a box of 200 of those 3D glasses for like 500 bucks. And uh, I, I, the only reason I didn't take this one is because I didn't have any place to put it. And they're all gone, and now you can't. I mean, that would have been three bucks each, and now you have to spend 30 on them for, on eBay. So Yeah. yeah. That, that's what I ran into the other day looking at those LCD shutter glasses that you used to be able to get a dime a dozen or whatever, and now they're like minimum price. It's like 40 bucks. Super now, comfortable. Like when I looked last night. Oh, wow. They've gone up a lot. Yeah. Are those the same as the passive 3D glasses, like no. that you would get on? No. no. Okay. They have to have like it's like a headphone jack, basically. Any of those type work, isn't that right? Is that right, Bob? Yeah. With the SMS, yeah. Yeah. Also with passive, you're getting about half the resolution on your TV when you with the way that technology mm-hmm. works. Uh, with the shutter glasses, you get the full resolution, but you get flicker. So it's kind of a, you know, which 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 poison do you want to deal with? Type thing. <laughs> yeah. It, Surprisingly, I have not watched or seen much in 3D. It's not been something that's really, I don't know, struck me as something awesome. But when they did bring Top Gun out, what, four, five years ago in the in the IMAX 3D, I was like, oh. I got to go see that. So okay. I that was like, that's the only movie that I've seen <clears throat> in 3D. And because um, it just, I don't know, I kind of felt it was a gimmick. Oh, it is. And it ruins the, <laughs> the colors, really. Is my issue with it, mm. but uh, video games, it's cool. I had some 3D glasses, mm. shutter LCD shutter glasses, way back in the day because they came with one of my graphics mm-hmm. cards. And like for Doom, they were really cool for 3D stuff. You know, games that had any sort of 3D illusion in them. It wasn't perfect back then, but it was a cool. Yeah, there effect. was a computer set up at the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo um, that was a. A fast computer for you know for its time, and it was running Quake with the 3D glasses on a CRT, and it looked great. Yeah, Quake was awesome, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if anybody gets a chance to, um, 
Missile Defense 3D, you gotta spend just five minutes playing it. 8-bit missiles, you know, firing at you in 3D with a light gun. It's hilarious. I love 8-bit violence. It's it's just, it's perfect. And, um, uh, Maze Hunter, or Maze Walker, if you have the Japanese version. Yeah, because that, it uses the 3D depth to give perspective in the game, and it's a hard game. I mean, it's a typical 80s game where you really just gotta play it a million times to get good at it, but I, I always really enjoyed that one, and it, uh, it some gives some people a headache. Never give me a headache, but neither does the virtual boy. So, well, I got a chance to play with the 3D uh, and NES core and SMS mm-hmm. core for the Mister, and I mean there was a little bit of crosstalk, but it was awesome, man. I love, I love it. I, I, I hope eventually they actually bake it into you know to the actual core and release it. You know, you obviously you need a 3D TV to use it, but it's. It, I think everybody should get the experience, especially once the light gun support is isn't. Yeah, um, 3D support on 3D modern TVs is a little bit tricky for the older games. You would have to patch the games themselves, I believe. But just adding the support, um, somebody a long time ago talked about adding, um, in, you know, like the LCD shutter glasses for modern TVs. You could technically use mm-hmm. that on CRTs as long as you had a receiver. So I was talking to somebody about potentially making something for the Mister that you could plug in. That you know, you sit on top of your TV and it syncs with uh, your CRT TV and it syncs with your new glasses and I think that would be I mean now we're talking about territory where you would want the mister over original hardware because you wouldn't be able to do that on original mm. hardware so <laughs> that's kind of awesome that is a good idea because those those uh, active shutter glasses are still pretty cheap and in well you know in good yeah. supply out there so it could be a good alternative. And I bet they're way higher quality, just guessing. We should ask Ash to start the project so then we can move it on and have somebody finish it for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's actually how I played it. So actually, the games didn't need to be patched. I just booted them up in the 3D core for the NES or the oh, SNS, really? and it just worked. Oh, cool. So yeah, it just worked. He, it was amazing. Like I said, I mean, there was a little bit of crosstalk. I'm sure that, you know, it's probably some picture settings well, no, adjustments that need to be made. That's probably what you would need the patches for, to remove the crosstalk and to get it as accurate as something like a modern thing. But I didn't know it just, I forgot that it had just worked like that. That's, I got to try that now. <laughs> it's it's awesome, man. You have a 3D TV, yeah. right? The, oh, so, yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> have me some, some coquito here while you guys uh, talk. Just Diet Coke for me. <laughs> Top of the morning. Top of the morning too. Yeah, I just have water. That's all I drink. Oh, uh, really? I'm not fancy. Yeah, yeah. Lebanese beer. Oh, really? Nice. Dark, light. Nice. What yeah. kind of is it more of like a just a lager? Or? Um, it's it's a, it's a lighter. Yeah, that's awesome. It's fine. It's it's not the best, but it's fine. Yeah, I uh, I went out last night. I forgot to eat dinner, which is I mean, if you look at me, you would never think that I would forget to eat anything. But it ha- it happens all the time where I'm just really busy, and then I ran out to Brooklyn, and then I met an old friend I hadn't seen in a million years, and next thing you know, it's like 11:30 at night, and I'm at a vegan restaurant, and I'm like, oh man, if there was ever a time where I really needed like a juicy burger to sop up some of this. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I love vegan food, by the way, but it's um. If you've already been drinking for a while, like so four I. or five beers, that uh, it hits real hard without any food in your stomach. So I am definitely not having beer until later. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely pretty pretty lame on that part. I, I've uh, only had like water and orange juice for 12 years yeah. now. 12, 13 years. Yeah, I haven't had caffeine. In 12, 13 years, no soda, no, just water and orange juice. I'm trying to kick caffeine because I like 
I like it when it works, you know? I like if I'm like if I'm really tired and like I have a cup of coffee and I wake up and if you just drink a cup of coffee every day it doesn't really work as well. But I love the taste of it, so I'm going to try to I probably would bug Smoke Monster as I normally do, but uh try to find like a really good couple uh, decaf blends so I could still enjoy the taste in the morning and not, you know, not get used to the caffeine. Yeah, like Smoke, I'm uh I'm very much an insomniac, so Caffeine? No. That would not help. Not help the cause. Yeah, my nighttime tea drinking doesn't really help with my insomnia so much. (laughs) (laughs) And you can kind of uh, counteract it with some melatonin, but that's not a good idea either, which is what I do. (laughs) Ronnie, is there any, like, really awesome coffees out in Lebanon? Are you a coffee drinker? Uh, I don't drink coffee at all. No, sorry. Yeah. My wife is a, is a big coffee fan. I, I just can't stand it. I mean, the smell and everything that has to do with it. I just can't stand it. It's so funny. To each his own. I mean, I don't, I don't knock what anybody else does. I just, uh, yeah. you know, I do what I do. But I, I, I don't know what it was. I just, I, I used to hate the taste of black coffee, and now I really like it. So your taste buds change. Or maybe all the ghost peppers I ate over the years has just destroyed my taste buds, and that's why I like it now. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. I don't like the smell of coffee. And I live in Seattle, so that doesn't really help. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Switching to water I now. know. So I want to borrow something from the Spawncast. What, what are all of you guys playing at the moment? You got any games? I know we're, like, super crazy busy. Well, I uh, wanted to start one tonight any- because uh, I I just was on a few other podcasts and everybody always asks me that and I always say the same thing like I don't really have time to play anything and I wanted to uh, I wanted to sit down I got a, a new Nomad thanks to Smoke it's freaking awesome and then of course all the triple bypass uh, Genesis consoles that we've been working on so I wanted to start a Genesis game and I wanted to start one that I could really sink into and I think Crusader of Senti was told I was told that's a good one to play. Yes. Not too long, you know, it's not going to take, Richards. it's not like a 20-hour game or something like that. And I guess the Linkle Liver story is the sort of next one. So I want to play the Genesis version, and then when the Satiator, Satiator, whatever comes out, and then I want to try out the uh, Saturn version. So, Well, you got yeah. some time then. Yeah, he keeps saying we're just a few months <laughs> yeah. away, but, you know, let's see who's going to beat him to market. HD Retrovision and the Dreamcast cables or Professor Abrasive and the Satiator. <laughs> How about you guys? <laughs> Who's next? I've got uh let's see, I props here actually. So I've got I've been playing lots of PGM, uh Poly Game Master arcade games lately. Got uh Escaluda plugged in here because I was playing that the other day because I want to be good at it eventually. And uh been trying to get back into Neo Geo since I have my arcade stuff like just ready to plug in. It's kind of, I've been without it for like three years, so it's just cool to be home here and have your stuff again. I have to say, on Discord, in the mods, in your uh, mod section, there's been so many awesome-looking MVS like setups that people have been showing off, and yeah. it's making me really jealous. <laughs> They're gorgeous. It doesn't cost very much to jump in. No, and not that. only that, uh, if you follow Smoke Monster's video, you could get yourself a really great MVS setup now, and there's something maybe allegedly coming soon that you could just uh, 
yeah. coming from you the sky. You could just drop that right into. Um, and then, you know, any you'd be able to reuse anything that you bought for the current setup, as long as you didn't do any crazy mods or anything. So now really is a great time to start MVS gaming, because... Uh, once all this other stuff comes out, the prices are just going to go up, unfortunately, like they always do. So, yeah, absolutely. How about you, Ronnie? You playing any, uh, yeah, you playing any games? Yeah, I've been playing the Neo Geo for a while now. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to 1cc uh, Shock Troopers on the MVS. That's nice. a very tough task. And yeah. I've, been, uh, I've been into... Uh, a, sh- a schmop uh, craze on the Saturn lately. I've got my uh, Ria filled with all kind of uh, vertical sh- shooting ups. Yeah, I've been playing awesome. uh, Batsu Gun, I've been playing Rated Silver oh, Gun, uh, Dodon Dodon Patchy. Tough as nails, though, but yeah, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, that's right now I've been trying to finish up my GameCube collection. Um, no, I, I go for a curated collection. I'm not trying to collect every game for a system, but um, I've been trying to finish up uh, collecting, you know, all of these great GameCube games. It's one of my favorite consoles. And so between it and the Dreamcast, I have a, a really, really huge physical collection. So I've been trying to finish that up and um, get that taken care of. And like after that, then I'm going to get onto the crazy stuff like the Saturn and the Sega CD. And I'm just sitting there and looking at the prices like, yeah, oh my God. (laughs) So like Radiant Silver Gun and, you know, Snatcher and like super insane titles like that. I don't know, maybe at Portland Retro Gaming, uh, do, maybe I'll find a good I, deal. Or... Do I see a stack of Tayo Yudens right behind you, though? Yes, you do. <laughs> you very much do, and maybe those will be used for something. <laughs> something. Um, yes. There you go. But, oh, wow. you know, it, it's... <laughs> Everybody just has them ready. I like that. The, you know, it, it's it's awesome having the actual physical, you know, whether it's a CD or the cart. You can have it on the shelf, and you can look at it and and just, you know, admire, you know, just all the aspects of it. And so I know, like, I'm really trying to finish out my GameCube and Dreamcast. I think the only thing I think I really need for the Dreamcast is Techromancer. Um, I can't think of anything else that I need for that. I have quite a few Dreamcast games, and I'm getting there with the GameCube, and then I'm going to start going back to... You know, like the Saturn, and I want to try and find. I know, right? And I'm so sorry. I completely forgot you did send me that Grandia one, and um, I'm I'm gonna do something with that. But I'm hoping to find. I know there's a couple like translated, but I'm really want to see if there's a good project out there that has worked on Symphony of the Night for Saturn. I know I've seen a couple translated, but. You know, is there a project out there that's worked on some of the slowdown? You know, we, we're we getting more and more comfortable with Saturn and people are, you know, there's some people developing for it. Like, I want to see if there's like a project out there where they take that version of Sympathy of the Night and kind of fix it up and, you know, really kind of spruce it up. Isn't a bit. there? Isn't there some uh, something going on anyway where there's at least a quality? 
There's the PS1 version. Yeah, there's the version. PS1 version that's the quality hacks <laughs> and the, the anti-dithering. And uh, I think that looks phenomenal, by the way, especially on a CRT. Um, but I, I thought there was already a project on the Saturn version to to do something to improve it. But maybe not. I haven't, I haven't seen I one. Remember. I haven't seen one personally. Not for the Saturn. Princess Crown, I've seen it. A Snatcher, I think, mm. is already done. I gotta ask Beast about that. I have a feeling he was the one that told me. Princess Crown's been in the works for like 10 years now, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Been- and it looks like they're getting really close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to answer my own question, um, I've been really trying to finish up The Messenger. I'm trying to 100% it. And that is such a good game. And trying to get all those stupid power seals has been a chore, but I'm getting there. I just have a couple more left and really enjoying that. And then I picked up... Um, the other day, I picked up this classic for PC, another nice. PC big box game, and uh, totally forgot about this. And uh, I was watching um, uh, LGR's uh, review of Ion Fury, and of course, he's got like every big box game behind him. And I'm like, Oni, wait a minute. I completely forgot about that game, and I don't have it. And, of course, it's not on GOG or anything. You you can't find it anywhere. So I picked it up for super cheap, and I can't wait to get into this game because um, I know I know a lot of people so like it. So you said you were playing The Messenger. Um, to just beat it, not to 100% it, how, how long do you think that would take? I don't know because I'm kind of methodical in my gameplay. I like to, like... You know, I I love watching Zost like speed run mm-hmm. Super Metroid, but I don't like I got a hundred percent Super Metroid like every time I play it. So, you know, I go through and just enjoy the game, but like I've just got to one hundred percent it. So I'm not really a good person to ask on. Oh yeah, it might take this many out maybe. Maybe five, six okay, hours. Okay, so it's it's not I like just, a super know, long because... thirty hour game type of thing, then, right? Okay. No, 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 no. And like Bloodstained, Bloodstained, I've got like forty hours into it, but I did crazy amounts of farming. I farmed like all the shards. I did like all the, like all the side stuff and map completion, everything that you could do in that game, and and also just kind of. You mess around and just kill stuff because it's such a fun game. But The Messenger, I, I mean, I guess if you blast through it, it, if you're comfortable, if you liked Ninja Gaiden, but then there's that twist where it turns into a Metroidvania, um, I mean, you, you've got a lot of exploring and stuff that you can go back and do and 100% it. But for an average gamer, I, I just don't know how long it would take. But I would say maybe... If you're just kind of going through it, just trying to beat it, maybe five, six hours, if not less. I keep meaning to try that one, and I keep forgetting for some reason. And, uh, you know, with all the awesome retro stuff I have, the last few games I've completed were on the Switch, and I'm like, uh, you know what, they'll be there. <laughs> they'll still be on the Switch. I, let me go back and try some of these retros. Ray, did we skip you? Did you say what it's you were playing? It's an outstanding game. Oh. Oh, no, I haven't, I haven't touched it. It's been so interesting, <laughs> you know, I forgot about me. <laughs> In my case, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the post. You know, my, one of my buddies was like, um, I have some games I want to give you. And I was like, okay. So he gave me this insane Neo Geo CD collection. So I've been on Neo Geo, you know, heaven the last couple of days in addition to the Mister. So it's a, it's a stack of stuff he gave me just for Neo Geo. Whoa. Whoa. Not, awesome. 
It's Dreamcast stuff. Is that all different regions? Well, mostly, uh, mostly Japan. And it's like one or two USA games here. But, you know, as, you know Neo Geo doesn't really matter. It's about what right. BIOS you're running. Did you ever get the BIOS replacement done on that? No. I mean, you know it takes forever yeah. for me to get to Brooklyn. So it's... Those things, so, you know, um, that's, I didn't realize it until after we had talked about that, but it, you have to manually convert the size of the chips. So basically, you, you have to manually wire each individual pin from a big chip to a little chip on those, which is why it's generally more expensive. And it, um, I just wish there were pin adapters out there that could be designed for this. I think Brian uh, Hargrove is working. Is, I think he said he's going to pick up work oh, on really? that again soon. He's the guy who makes the Neo Bio, yeah. BIOS Master. And he had a CD solution at one point or something, but it, yeah, he's, yeah, it was, I, think he, I think he posted something about I just about wait that for recently. that thing. Yeah, it was brought up. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. But in my case, I, between that and the Mr., I've really gotten hooked on King of Fighters 95 again. I used to love it back then, and I, I just never got over that game. I, I can you got to see if you can switch to KOF 02 and then head down to the Brooklyn crew like you saw that day when we went down to the tournament. They, um, they take that seriously mm-hmm. down there. They have some amazing players. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was pretty good at it for a while, but it's been years. If I finally get my ass kicked, <laughs> especially the way they change up Oroki Yashiro and Normal Yashiro, I can't. You know, I would have to readjust hmm. those characters again. Yeah, I'm not really good at fighter games, except for Soul Calibur. That's like the one fighting series that I've always loved. So I've got, I've got most of the Soul Calibers and Soul Blade and Edge and, and I did play a lot of Street Fighter. Um, and I love Street Fighter too, um, but yeah, well, I try and I try and play against other people, and like, <laughs> no, you win. <laughs> I just I just enjoy the game. <laughs> I enjoy the aspect of it. MK1 is the only one. Oh, and love that. And love that Virtual Boy uh, Street Fighter oh, that you that had was going so on. So much fun, people. When uh, when I had that set up, um, Arturo Sabin, I told him like, hey, just give me a corner in the back. I don't want to be in anybody's way. And he's like, no, I want it in the middle of the downstairs retro room, in the middle. I'm like, oh, dude, like, I don't want to be a bother to somebody. He goes, just trust me. So we put the setup in, so you have the two, you know, the two virtual boys facing each other, and then you have the RGB monitor kind of propped up behind it a little bit higher so anybody in the room could see what's going on. And people were coming down the stairs, turning around and going, what the hell is that? And the next thing you know, people really <laughs> seem to enjoy it. Even there was only, uh, there was like 99% positivity, including from people that walked up going, why would I want to play that? And then they gave it a try and they're like, wow, that's actually really neat. And so it was cool to see some of the real experts going, oh, well, they pulled, um, you know, the gameplay feels like it's from this version, but the graphics feel like it's a mix of this version and that version. And there were some hardcore fans that really understood the game and it was, it was awesome to see that. So I want to do something like that again. I just uh, recently lent my Virtual Boy out to uh, a YouTube channel that's doing a thing on it. So Cool. I that's one of my litmus... One of my litmus tests for people is, I mean, you see these people going around and selling the Virtual Boy online, and you can tell they've never played one, or they played it, they played one with a blurry lens mm-hmm. or something, you know, with a problem. Because a really nice Virtual Boy in good condition, everybody will love that. It's just an, it's an awesome experience, even if it's a you know uh, maybe gimmicky in some way. Somewhat. It's just. It leaves a real cool impression. I'm looking for a yeah. second if I ever discover one, just so I could have both here to have a two-player setup for uh, like two-player Mario Tennis or something, just for fun. Yeah, mine didn't survive the move, so it worked before. 
and was worked really good and yeah, now it's just on display. I know a bunch of people that could fix that, so, so that's uh, no problem at all. <laughs> you know, I'm actually surprised, and forgive my ignorance, but is there... I know I've heard of talk of this, but is there someone who has taken any of those Virtual Boy games and tried to homebrew it onto the 3DS? Has that has anyone thought of doing that? Is well, there there's... A, not necessarily that, but there's um, Red Dragon as the 3DS, the older Virtual Boy um, mm-hmm. emulator for it. That's really good, but it only sorts, supports a couple games, and it's really buggy. And then Guy Perfect is working on the Virtual Boy uh, forums. He has a Patreon, actually, to create a new 3DS emulator. Uh, the catch being that I don't think there's been an update on that for like a year. So. Yeah. But it's one of those we'll things, get it. like it's one of those things when you think about why did Nintendo think of this? It's like, yeah, yeah. It seems like it would just yeah. be an easy money maker. I mean, I, I don't know how much work would be to port it, but it just seems like it would be worth the time. Yeah, and it gives them like twenty new games they could sell too, and they're st- um, even just Wario and tennis would be, would be like, enough, you know. Give yeah. two player, uh, enable two player mode in tennis that already exists, and now you can play it on your 3ds. Mm-hmm. Release that in Wario, and you make a ton of money. But it seems like they're deliberately trying to erase that from their past, you know. Yep. Because I think like Street Fighter on that would probably be a pretty good experience. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Is, is there a Virtual Boy core on the Mister yet? No, a Virtual Boy is pretty powerful, actually. That's the thing. It has like a, a pretty powerful 32-bit processor in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see, it's the same one that's used. Oh, what is it? It's using some very some powerful computer of the day or something like that. Yeah, it, it's it's beyond Mister probably for a long time. I imagine what we would get like Game Boy Advance or something before we got uh, Virtual <laughs> probably, Boy. Probably, yeah. <laughs> good question though. I mean, I'm always hoping for both, those. They're both always hoping for off. a good core to come out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of curious where, you know, development will start to slow on the Mister. Like where is where it's going to kind of settle until like the next round of powerful cheap FPGAs. Yeah, you know that's um that's something I'm I'm always interested in the hardware side of things. So it's uh I've been kind of keeping my ears open and uh, listening to when the new versions of like the DE10 Nano are coming out, and I haven't heard anything yet. But um, everybody on the Mister Team assures me that it's 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 going to be comparatively super easy to port to any new FPGA platform. So it's not like any of the stuff is going to get lost if a new version of the FPGAs come out or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, once they're in uh, hardware description language, it's relatively... That's the hard part, is getting them in. And then, I guess for people who know how to do this stuff, it's relatively easy to move them around between... Even from VHDL to Verilog and stuff like that. Mm. Or to a... You know, from a... uh, Zillinix to a Spartan or something like that. Do all of you have a mister? I do not. Ooh. Eventually. Yeah, I I still didn't get any. Yeah, it's um, it's it's just about the time where if you like tinkering, it's certainly worth getting. You know, it's a good experience, especially if for things like a super graphics. You know, at this point, well, there's only a handful of games, so own a super graphics if you're a collector or if you know if it's your favorite system. But if not, just get a core graphics and get a Mister and all the add-ons for the Mister and everything else, and it's still cheaper than just the super graphics console. So, no, it, it's definitely one of those things. Um, but there's 
there's so many bits of hardware. That's like, what what do I finish? Do I do I finish out my GameCube collection? I've also trying to line up another CRT projector. That's kind of the things that I'm I'm trying to do right now. Um, I kind of I I don't feel like of stuff on CRT projector with gaming. And so I'm trying to get this other one and, you know, maybe trying to help contribute to the site on using CRT projectors for gaming and, you know, the ins and outs and the frustrations and, you know, if it, if it should be something that people should pursue and it's right now, that's, that's something I'm kind of trying to line up. And uh, obviously the X68000 is kind of my last big like retro pickup that I need to get. I just got my MSX um, and I've been sitting on my Amiga 4000T, but I have no software. I've got this great, great bits of hardware, but I don't have any software. So I'm trying to line up um, software and uh, get a bunch of legitimate, legitimate stuff to actually use uh, these things and kind of showcase them. And so I'm, I'm like stretched. It's like, yeah, I could jump into the mister now, or I could finish up some of the other projects that I'm trying to do. And I just, I got my, um, I got my Kester, uh, right after Voltar did. So I'm pretty sure I have one of the good ones. Uh, cause I got it like right after he said, get this one. Um, so, you know, I, I've got plenty of MIDI modules, um, that are going to need recapping. I've got, um, you know, some sound cards uh, that are going to need recapping. And, you know, I want to get into soldering and, you know, learning how to fix my stuff. We've got plenty of uh, cartridges that batteries need changing. So there's a ton of things like on my plate. And so Mr. is like, yeah, it's there. I know it's going to be there. You know, I can get it you know, maybe next year after I've gotten all these other bits of hardware and then I can start focusing on the software and then maybe get the mister and maybe get a switch. I'm fine with my Wii U uh, for the moment. And I've got a whole, I've got 300 games on steam, 200 on GOG, a whole wall full of, you know, physical games to play through. My backlog is so crazy that like, I don't know, I've, I've given up. So you know things like oh I gotta have a switch now I gotta have I'll I'll get it when I get You'll it. You'll never be able to play all the games, so no, no. So um, I'll get it when I get so it. So what I guess what monitors is everybody using? That's something I'm always interested in. And Ronnie, I see you have your PVM, but you also have it looks like a CRT VGA monitor on its side in tape mode, right? Tate mode, whatever. Sorry. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. um, I got the Sony PVM20L2. Um, that's mainly my 15 kilohertz uh, go-to monitor. Then I got um, two Samsung uh, VGA CRTs. Those are uh, SyncMaster 793DF. Um, the other one is in Tate mode, obviously. Uh, the one behind me is in uh, mm-hmm. normal mode. And I got the OSSC hooked up to both of them. So... Uh, yeah, I, I, I never actually use my OSSC on my uh, flat screen. I use it for uh, those two. That's a perfect use for it, too, because it's zero lag. It works perfect with the VGA stuff, so that's great. There you go. That's awesome. Smoke, what do you still have? I know you yeah. had the 29-inch when I was there, right? Or the 20-inch? No, this 
It's wow. uh, I have five PVMs, but the one I brought with to San Diego with me is the PVM mm. 2030, 20-inch. And I play about two feet away from it here, so it looks pretty big. What are the other ones you have? Probably though? look big because my, my place is so small. I have a 19-inch, uh, oh, I forget the model number, uh, a slightly older Sony, really nice one. And then I have three 8-inch uh, of the Sonys with the RGB Those are great. inputs. Which I got to steal on, so I, I really wish I had brought one of those with me to have a, a tape mode screen here. But I've also got like a uh, 65-inch TV that uh, I think you recommended, and then I have a monitor that I can rotate here on the side with OSCC plugged into it. Ray, you still rocking that consumer-grade TV? So. The, uh, the one with the component inputs? Yeah. Yeah, so I have the Daiwoo or something like that. I forgot what the hell. No, it's an Insignia component CRT 19-inch. Nice. Does his job. It's fine. But uh, got it. I got it mostly because it was 20 bucks and I could play my light gun games on it. So that makes me happy. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, on my in my living room, I have a 55 a Sony 55X uh, A50C. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, you know, Android TV. Works great. The only thing that doesn't work with it is uh, Super Nintendo, obviously, in component. Mm-hmm. Everything else I've thrown at it in component where HD retrovision cables works flawlessly. That's awesome. Like it actually supports the 240p. And then in my bedroom, I have um, just picked up the TCL um, the 615, 615R mm-hmm. with the OSSC, and it works fantastic. Yeah, it works in all modes, yeah. too, right? Yeah, pretty yeah, pretty much anything I've thrown at it works. No. What other monitors do you have, Vanessa? Because mm-hmm. we talked about the eighth uh, twenty-four, but didn't you have multiple uh, RGB monitors at some point? Um. Well, I don't have. Well, I mean, I got the Ayama uh, okay. right here. Um, it does have BNCs. It's that's a nineteen. I got a ViewSonic uh, right over here. Um, I've got the A twenty-four E one WU. Behind me, I've got a a passive three D Sony. Um, it's a 40-something 40, 40 inch. I can't remember. Um, in the other room, I've got a 65. Um, oh, God, what is it? Um, I can't think of the brand. It was one of the ones on... It was one of the ones that had like an 11 or 10 millisecond on HDMI oh, 5. Oh, uh, either Vizio. So, probably, Viz, yeah, those are the ones Vizio. that have the, the specific yeah. gaming ports on there. Yeah. So I got the Vizio. Um, you know, shockingly, like, I barely use it. I, I've done really just kind of Wii U on it, and I've got um, I've got a, a Spice Orange uh, Japanese GameCube that uh, Ben from iFix retro did the hdmi mod on it um and so i've got that hooked up as well looks amazing uh but honestly i don't really monitor i've got a big 32 um inch monitor for my computer here and then i've got the uh barco uh 800 graphics series crt projector uh down in the garage so i've got quite a few displays and honestly if I'm doing the the classic gaming, it, it's it's got to be on a CRT. I've got a 27 inch Toshiba in the garage as well, so got to, you know that that's that's always my thing. People ask, it's like, just get a CRT. Look on Craigslist. Look on OfferUp. 
people are giving them away, like really good CRTs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just go and pick it up and throw your consoles on it. You don't need a BVM. A BVM is nice. And it is definitely a different gaming experience. <laughs> but, but you don't need it. You know, if you've got, com if you've got components on a really, you know, a, a mid, a later, I should say early, you know, like, O two, O three, Sony, Toshiba, Panasonic CRT monitor, or you know just TV, mm -hmm. and you're running component on it, you're gonna have an amazing experience. I mean, it. In, you know, it's funny. Uh, we we talk all about this, and you know, I was. It, it's funny because I was big into this stuff like years ago. I was working uh, for Funko Land and Bag Babbage's. A long time ago, and we would have people trade in like monster cables, and of course there was a generic SKU, so I would just turn around and buy them for two ninety nine. So I've got like monster cables, and I had, you know, S video. I had like all the best cables I could, you know, in late nineties, early two thousands on all my consoles. It's like I cared about vision quality. Or, you know, image quality even way back then. Of course, now I'm, like, losing my vision. So <laughs> it's hard to see stuff now. But, you know, that's what the CRT projectors are for. Yeah, that's something I, I, I really wanted to get into. Um, I You know, if I had the room, I would collect CRTs. That, that's the only thing that I think I would love to go overboard on. Just all different sizes and tubes and everything else. But I, I don't think I'll have time, or I'll have room for quite some time to get into projectors. I was able to pick one up. Um, I looked it up, and I think it was like ten grand or something when it was new, and I, I got it for a hundred bucks. And uh, I ended up giving it to John, uh, John from Tasty Chicken in Bensonhurst, to because uh, I just didn't have any room for it. I was really hoping to at least get it set up somewhere to try it out and really see how it looked, but. Uh, have any of you ever seen CRT projectors with games, old games in person? I would love to, but no. Yeah. I, I remember oh them in, uh, you know, the room in the back of the audio video stores where they would have, like, Jurassic Park on and a leather couch and stuff. Right. Back in the day in the malls. But, but I, I've never seen it for a game. Yeah, game. the only... Now the scan lines. Do light guns oh. work with those? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. The only time I'd ever remember seeing one, um, it was like a cheap, crappy one. So it was, you know, it, it basically was one of the ones where you're, um, uh, why am I, like your coffee table in front of your couch is the projector, and then it projects on the wall. And it was, it was meant to be just a cheap one, a cheap way to get a very big screen. So it looked pretty terrible. But I mean, that's not fair. That's like, that's like saying the the $100 CRT you get at the bargain bin, it, you know, that's that's like saying that's what a CRT gaming experience is like. So definitely not, not a fair comparison. But I really, I at, at the very least, I want to see one set up um, and have like a giant like on wall and just have some fun with it somewhere. So <laughs> The scan lines are insane on 240p oh, wow. on it. Oh, my God. It's incredible. I hope. If I can get um, the CRT projector and get everything set up, it's I'll, I'll take as much like photos and everything as I can and try and document and because it's it's incredible. It really is. Hmm. That's awesome. Now you get me all fired up for it. <laughs> I've seen pictures of 
I think Ratboy has a CRT yes. projector setup. Looks pretty awesome in the pictures. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd like to see it in person. So, kind of a random question in relation to this. So, for everybody that has a significant other, how do they feel about your collecting, and do they give you hard times about collecting CRTs and you know taking up space and stuff like that? Or are they pretty supportive? No, I mean it's no. pretty supportive. You know, it's I, I'm the one that gets pissed because I don't I don't want to walk around with my own clutter, but you know, tiny little apartment. Got to you know, I'm trying to do this for a living, so I have no other choice. So I think I think when uh, when my wife sees how annoyed I get with my own crap, she doesn't even she doesn't even need to say anything. She knows. <laughs> yeah, I think awesome. my wife wants to have me like institutionalized. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's bad. Yeah. No. <laughs> She's very supportive. Yeah, yeah, my partner is a programmer, and um, yeah, we we fight about uh, what is better, uh, Super Metroid <laughs> or Sympathy of the Night. And um, no, it, it's like she's a huge, the most massive uh, Legend of Zelda and Castlevania fan you could find out there, and so it's we. We jokingly refer to our place as the Temple of Tech, but like it is no joke. It's we we really have like the Temple of Tech going on here because we we just we love technology. That's awesome, Ronnie. It looks like you have like an office down there, right? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, just one one thing I wanted to mention. Um, my wife is so supportive that um, she let me take my old uh, consumer grade CRT. That's a that's a twenty one inch grounding a SCAR TV. And uh, it's now at her parents' house, so she's um, uh, <laughs> she, she's that much of a fan. So, That's awesome. Yeah. That's good to hear. <laughs> good TVs are good TVs. They should be saved, especially CRTs. Agreed. Yeah, I was heading home the other day, and I saw somebody put a like a a forty-two inch Sony just on the curb, and I wish I could have picked it up, but it was just me. And you should have called me. I'd have jumped so- right on the train. <laughs> <laughs> and one more person all the way down to Westchester to yeah jeez oh man I, I've seen so many like that there's a story it's a 100% true story it sounds like it's not but uh, there was an arcade cabinet that um, Jose was working on and the TV or the, the, the tube and it, you know he kind of got it okay it was a little off it was good enough but they were having a tournament there and you know it wasn't it certainly wasn't up to Jose's standards let's just put it that way and then he gets off the train and he's walking to Brooklyn video games and he sees somebody just putting out like a, a JVC TV or something like that he's like you know I think that's the same tube as the arcade monitor so he picks it up walks into the shop and does a tube swap with a curbside CRT so I thought that was absolutely awesome I would love to um, once again I'd love to just start collecting these things and see what you're good toss the rest it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, my I still need to. I need to get out to uh, New York. I mean, I mean, you, some of you know I work for Delta, so I can just hop on a flight and uh, get out there. <clears throat> and uh, I need to go to Brooklyn Video Games and see all of it's you. It's one of the few places that I've ever seen where you could walk in and just have an RGB setup right there to test anything. So it's uh, it's pretty neat. Yeah. And it's it's good, too, because I can't imagine... 
Even me being a nerd, if I hadn't seen this in person, I can't imagine ever being able to have it explained to me in a way where I would understand, where if you just walk in and see a Sony BVM powered on and playing a game, there's no explanation necessary. It's, what the hell is that? So, it's kind of, it's cool that they have that. And, you know, the dual arcade streaming setup and everything, it's a, it's definitely a fun place. I just, uh, I was just there yesterday, and I just picked up a cheap Turbo Graphics game, uh, Final Lap Twin. Nice. I don't even know the game, to be honest with you. I just needed, a, I needed another testing cue card, so... I think it's super, like Super Monaco GP-ish, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. Right. Yeah, I thought so. I was hoping to, yeah, I was I hoping to pick up Bonk or one of like the the really cheesy classic Turbo Graphics games, but uh, they didn't have any of those there. They had some of the rarer ones, but they were, you know, they're fairly priced. But I was just looking for a, a beat up test game. So, Final Lap Twin, it is. So which. Look, Which monitor do you have in there, Bob? I see a BVM next to you. So of all your Ooh. of all of your CRTs, which one makes it into the room there? Oh, so okay. There's two more. The one you. on the left <laughs> is a JVC 17-inch. Uh, the one on the right is that 14M2U that I've been using. Right next to me is a 9-inch BVM that's the most incompatible monitor I've ever seen. And I, I love it <laughs> oh. because if it works on this, it works on everything. Um and then I got below me is a it, uh, a spare of the nine inch PVM and an eight inch PVM. Uh, I kind of have it hidden in the bottom shelf, so you know I try to use every inch of this place. And then uh, I got the thirty two inch TV that uh, Jose and I just did a full recap on. Um, that was dropped out the back of an Uber the other day, and I almost started crying. I went to the Defend the North oh, wow. event. And uh, we were stuck in traffic. You know, I called an Uber XL, and the guy was so nice, and he's talking to me, and he jumps out, and he's trying to be friendly and pick up the tube. But, like, I, I always tell everybody, please don't, you know, let me take it. It's really heavy. I'm used to carrying these. And they see me, and they just assume, like, oh, I'll, I'll help out. And the guy opens up the back, and the tube goes flying out, and I froze. But normally, like, I'd run in, and I'd grab it, and i just... Because I just, I probably spent 20 hours on that thing from Danielle and I doing the cap kit to Jose and I recapping to everything else. And uh, I, we got it back in and it scratched some of the glass. So we'd, we buffed it out and everything. But we, mm-hmm. it, you can't really notice it when it's on. But it's one of those, we got it inside and like, like you know, I don't, I don't normally get uh, phased by things. You know, like the world could be crumbling around me and I'm <laughs> calm until, you know, until it's over. And I'm, like, stunned. Like, I still was, like, my eyes were just... And Beast <laughs> comes over and he's like, yeah, if you don't want it, I'll take it. <laughs> that thing's still perfect. Forget about the scratches. So he kind of made me laugh and forget about it. But, yeah, that one that one was kind of heartbreaking. And then I just have two other crappy little um, consumer-grade TVs that I uh, keep for the, uh, the expos that I've been doing because I put it next to a PVM and show everybody the differences and stuff. And, of course, the D32 is over there. Um, which I use as little as possible because I, I both because I want it to last forever and because I want it to be a special occasion when I turn it on. I know that might sound weird, but like if I'm, I'll never use it for testing. I only use it if I need it in a video or if it's like I have a whole hour and a half where I don't have to do anything else. Let me turn this <laughs> thing on and get sucked into a game and enjoy yep. it. So, yeah. But I would have so many more. Oh, I also have a. It's called a Brian Vega Algol, and it's made. It's a, from 2003, and it's made to look like a 1960s TV, and it's got a universal SCART input, so it could do NTSC and PAL over RGB. 
So that's another one where I just I like the way it looked. So, <laughs> but I saw some cool TVs like that in Brazil. They were like modern, you know, CRTs from the end of the era, but they were like in retro, like 1960s styling. Yeah, that, that was, was awesome. If cool. I yeah, I if I ever see out. other ones of these, I'll definitely get it. And I emailed the company. The company's out of business, but they're still like a support email. And months later, I got a response with a service manual because I wanted to see if I could change it over to NTSC. And you can. And they said, all you got to do is, you know, take it all apart, change these couple of chips. So I keep um, I keep threatening Jose that I'm going to buy those chips and, <laughs> and deliver this to him to, to have him work on this with me. So I think he'd find that to be a, a really fun project, but it's always super time consuming. So. Yeah, that's one thing I would love to find, um, like an XM29 or something, just to, like, repair that, get that going, and use that as, like, you know, and I know that the A24 is practically new, but I'm the same way. It's like, I use that for special Mm -hmm. occasions, or, like, people come over, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you think you know Super Mario World, or you think you know (laughs) the... Link to the Past or Super Metroid and I'll fire that up and they'll just the the look on their face is like oh my god <laughs> and you know they're playing it and then I'm like okay now play like the SNES you know mini and on a you know on a TV and then like you know okay now do the same level on the BVM notice the lag mm-hmm. notice the input try playing Street Fighter 2 all right, now try playing Street Fighter 2 without any lag. And just like their eyes are just open because they just don't realize how much input lag yeah. is there. And it's like, wow, I never knew. You know, I thought I just sucked at the game. It's like, no, it's the input <laughs> lag. It's like, I remember, you know, this kind of spurred me onto, you know, Ray, you were talking about Neo Geo earlier. You know, I, I love like Mega mm-hmm. Man X. So I'd play like Mega Man X and I'd be like, why am I sucking? I'm like playing on the emulator on the computer. It's like, I don't remember being this bad. I used to be really good at this game. And it's like, oh, it's all the post-processing and input latency and, you know, screen latency. And I go and I play it on the BVM and I'm like, oh yeah, no, I didn't suck. It was just all the input lag and everything. And that just opened my eyes to, my God, I didn't realize you know, LCD and LED TVs, you know, they look amazing, but they're also fraught with their own issues. And just because we moved on from CRT TVs doesn't mean that that technology is, at least in my opinion or for my use, obsolete. I still have a need for CRT and then, you know, that spurred on to, well, I need it for classic computer gaming because I'm a PC gamer first. And, you know, then it's like, well, you know, I'm going blind. So, well, now I need CRT projectors because I need to be able to see. And, you know. So I think the first time I ever noticed it was when I was playing Mega Man 2, the Bubble Man stage. And it's that towards the beginning, <laughs> yeah. that little part where you have to hop to get to the waterfall. And I was like, why do I keep falling here? I didn't, and I couldn't figure out what it was, and then I finally got my CRT, and I I breezed right through. I'm like, okay, it's lag. Yeah, the first yeah. time I saw lag demonstrated perfectly was the phone dork video where he's swearing at Mega Man, 
because that was it was funny, <laughs> but it was also the perfect example of why why lag will never work right for these games because it's not always two frames of lag it's variable and that's how you get it all screwed up like that so you know um, between do... i'm sorry ronnie no go ahead go ahead um uh, how do you guys feel about gaming on uh, 14 inch monitors i'd be fine 14 is great it... yeah i've got that same toshiba for that gaming, not for testing yeah i used to have like a Toshiba 14-inch with the component inputs on it, 14AF, whatever it is. But the thing is, you just have to be really close to it. So it was, like, right. dedicated. I used that one for uh, NES and 7800 because they were, you know, like, my NES wasn't uh, RGB modded. The 7800 could only do S-video. So it's nice to have them on mm. a smaller screen. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it seems really small until you get really close to it. Yeah, for me, I for whatever reason, I things. just prefer the 20-inch size. Also, the spacing of the characters and everything, the scan lines and all that. But there's definitely times where I'll, I'll think something looks better on the 14-inch. So it's, you know, my advice to people is always, if you have the opportunity to get any PVM, get it, period. And then, you know, once you have something and you, you're able to game on it, then get picky and go look for other stuff. But... Just having one, having one is always better than not having one. So, I like even eight inch, and I'm the only person on earth who does. But I mean, like, Whoa. I just it looks so crisp and clean. But yeah, you you have to be really close. I mean, like a Vita, PlayStation Vita was that four inch, five inch screen. We always thought that was a big screen. It's kind of the same deal. It's like you just gotta have it way yep. up in your face. <laughs> My cousin Scott has his 8-inch monitor, uh, you know, vertical for Tate, and he has a, a Raspberry Pi hooked up to it, and he's got it in a shelf uh, that's perfectly at eye level, so whenever he just, like, you know, he, he's looking around, it's like, all right, you know, i got to leave in five minutes, I just want to play a quick game, and he'll flip it on, and he'll just, he'll stand right in front of it, and he absolutely loves it, he thinks it's like the perfect little time-killer arcade <laughs> machine thing, so, yeah, there's, you know, as long as you use it in the right environment, any size will work fine. Yeah, I keep laughing. There was a study a long time ago saying that the bigger the TV gets, the worse you actually play, because it, your brain has to process it. It's like a brain processing thing. You, so you see something is bigger, it's like your brain has to figure it out, it takes, and it takes longer. So a smaller screen, you actually supposedly hmm. play better. Interesting. Yeah, I, I could say it. Cause... That could be, yeah. Like I, I like shoot 'em ups. I do better, I think, on handhelds for for shoot 'em ups and like some puzzle games too. Dr. Mario for sure. That's interesting because you don't your eyes are are always focused on the entire screen whereas on a bigger TV you, mm-hmm. you're always changing your view. Uh, your, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I know, like, I used to be okay at, at you know, first person shooters on, on PC and that could just be an age thing too, but I, you know, growing, growing up, you know, I had, I think my 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 PC was a 14-inch monitor, and so for the longest time, I had that, and then I had a 17 um, when I upgraded to a Pentium 2, and, you know, used that 17-inch ViewSonic forever, and, you know, that at a, at a good distance, you see everything. Now I'm on, like, a 32-inch, and I played... If I try and play a first-person shooter, it's like I just get destroyed. But it just... It, I was going to quib and I, I keep laughing because um, every time 
you talk about taint mode, all I can think of is Dave from GameSack in the last episode <laughs> going yeah. off. I don't know if you saw the last episode. No, I didn't. Taint mode. Taint mode. Yeah, it was hilarious. Pretty awesome. It was, it was awesome. really funny. Really, really funny. Mm. I went but, into their Discord specifically to request an animated GIF, but someone already made it. So, <laughs> so I wanted to ask, you know, is there um, anything coming up in the next six months or year or something that you guys are most excited for in the gaming world? doesn't matter if it's retro or new or whatever else. Is there anything coming up that you're really fired up for? Like products? Yeah. Or events? Uh, I guess products products or games. Like anything, you know, anything that you've been excited on that... Uh, that's coming out. I guess the the Jag SD doesn't. I don't know if that counts because it's it's shipping to some people already. But I mean, if, if that's what your thing is, but stuff like that, you know, stuff we've been waiting on for a while. Dreamcast HD retrovision cables. <laughs> I can't guarantee <laughs> no, that they'll I'm, be out in the next year, though. <laughs> well, I I know, but I I'm I, I keep in the back of my mind like. Okay, maybe the anniversary, the U.S. launch, and maybe they're gonna like surprise everyone and like have these cables ready. Um, but I love my Dreamcast to death, and I know I need to get those cables um, uh, from Rachel. And I've got, I've got the Turo, I've got everything. But if I could just have those and like be able to play Air Force Delta, it's like the one freaking game that like you can't. It's stuck in what 480i or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything right. with it, and it's like it's one of my favorite games on the Dreamcast. And like, I just I want I just keep hoping, please. <laughs> I hope that you know HD Retrovision comes out and I can get the best quality image from that game uh, on my Dreamcast. Well, a trick that I haven't, I keep meaning to do a video on is if you get a DC HDMI and you just get a really nice um, HDMI to component or HDMI to VGA converter, you get the benefit of 480p for all the games and, uh, you know, the best quality output for one. So I kind of want to do a little bonus episode, like a five minute thing just for people to. You know, if you if you're a crazy person that loves the Dreamcast that wants the best, even on analog, that you could still do that with the DC HDMI and have access to the whole library. So, that's I just keep forgetting to do that. I want to. Jose has got a really nice Samsung SyncMaster um, VGA monitor that I, I really want to do a video on that and just show show that connected to it. But yeah, the, oh, that his his uh, yeah. Diamondtron that he had set up at iFix. I always reference that as the greatest... It, I mean, and I, because I've never seen a great mm-hmm. BBM in person. But that's the greatest monitor I've ever seen. He had a Naomi 2 hooked up to it, so I assume it would be the exact same thing with the Dreamcast. I mean, it was like... And I think everybody who went in the room kind of stopped. Every, it stopped people thing, dead like, in their tracks every on? time they walked in. Yeah, that was such yeah. an impressive monitor. I'd love that one. So. In my case, I think it's the... Like my, I got Micro Majors recently, and that game is like super awesome. If you haven't played it, especially with four players, you need to try it. It's it's awesome. But as for stuff that hasn't come out yet, I'm cautiously optimistic and hoping for the best with the RK One Up uh, Ninja Turtles cabinet. I'm hoping that comes out good. My experience with them so far hasn't been the best, but eh, it's always hope. It just sounds like it'd be fun to have. You can do those mods to it too that you do. Would be cool. Yeah, I don't know why I don't. It's, I don't want to. I just don't want to mod the, the cabinet. It's like a piece of art, and more than a, more than an actual gaming machine for me in most cases. But 
and I'm hoping it turns out well. You know, hopefully they're taking the time with this one. I think it's supposed to have a light up marquee and stereo speakers and all that good stuff this time. So it looks like they're actually spending time to make it somewhat quality. It's just the emulation. Well, there's about. two versions of the Street Fighter cab because apparently they listened to people and they actually had a Rev Two that were a little bit tweaked on it. So um, they still they still won't uh, won't return any of the emails from people in the scene who are experts at this. They'll only they'll, they uh, they won't sell send the free units to the people that they know will really do an in depth analysis. So that kind of is a sign that you know curb your expectations. It's not going to be perfect, but. That did crack me up when the you know when a, they reached out to a bunch of people I know and then everybody responded and they only responded back to the people who uh, who would not give an, a detailed review. So it's a good it's a sign of, of what to expect. Yeah, I, I couldn't fit their stuff here anyways. Oh, I did. I'm um, I, I can't wait for Vertex, um, uh, Neo Geo CD, all the oh, to come out. Oh, yeah. Ah, yes. That, that should be awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, a couple of uh, arcade projects, uh, multis, like the uh, the uh, Sega 16B multi and the uh, CPS-1, the big one. Yeah, the CPS-1 is going to be impressive. I already, um, a buddy of mine, Eric, hooked me up with the Street Fighter CPS-1 full kit, and uh, they're both with Jose now having the HDMI kit installed in that. So they're going to be, you know, full, fully pimped out C- CPS ones with all the game dual output and all that stuff. So uh, I'm even talking to, to Greg of possibly maybe making a case for those too. So I know Greg just ordered. Uh, I don't know if it came in yet, but he just ordered a, uh, the biggest 3D printer he's bought yet. So you know he's he's like us with his toys. I'm sure any excuse now to use something that big, he's probably really enjoyed making a case for it. So I hope that comes out at some point. That would be cool. You know, that has to be, I'm never, it ceases to amaze me how much the community, like, if there's an, if there's a, an issue, a problem, something to be solved, there is someone in the community, like, coming up with a solution, and that's just so cool, it's like, oh, we could use one of these, oh, I can do that, and someone just steps up, and that's just the beauty of, of this community. Yeah. Yeah, Greg especially. I was. He can whip things out really fast. It's really impressive. He, he, his mind must just work in three D or something. I always joke that Greg is saving our consoles one piece of plastic at a time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of, I've got some nice. Right. Uh, I showed. I did an uh, an article on this, but he did a thirty two X riser ahead oh, right. of time. This was way before the Mega SD was ever announced or even teased that it would have any sort of 32x support. But he just made it anyways, just because he can. And now all of a sudden that we're getting uh, 32x support Mm -hmm. through the DAC, uh, it's pretty awesome. (laughs) And yeah, it it looks really good, actually. I mean, in my opinion. The Tower of Power. (laughs) Yeah. It looks great. I'm waiting. I'm still waiting for my Mega SD to ship. Oh, really? I just got mine the other day. Um, and my official ones. So, um, yeah, people are getting. Yeah, Tara Onion donated the the one that they lent me to the Triple Bypass team, so that uh, we could do all the MD4A tests now across all the different revisions. So awesome. I passed that along and got mine and Scott's in the mail. So, it's, uh, and you know, the the plastic of the production version is just a hair better. 
So there's nothing wrong with the demo that I got. I mean, I, I thought it looked cool and everything, but it's like a little bit darker and a little bit more... I don't know, it's just a little better. So anybody that gets the Mega SD now, richer. yeah, a little richer. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you'll be happy when you open up the box. <laughs> it's a cool it's a cool thing. I can't wait for mine. I've got my Genesis 3 um, triple bypass. Oh, you did? So did you also so. do the, um, the re-enabling of like 32X mode and all that in there? Not that, yet. In my opinion, that's harder than doing the triple bypass because you have to solder those tiny little oh, pins. Wow. But if you've got a triple bypass, you're you're good to go. And the cool thing too that we've been testing in, um, you know, we're working on version two of that. Uh, but the quality is identical. You don't get a quality boost from version two. It's just designed to make it easier for sellers to just have one. And we did find some tweaks with the MD Fourier software, so we'll publish that soon. But if um, if the sound doesn't sound perfect to you, you could replace like two resistors and now get it up to the uh, or maybe three or something. But um, you you know anything that we've gained from the version two, you don't have to redo your mod. You could just if you even care about it, you could change the few resistors. So I was really, to be honest, I was worried about that. When, uh, as soon as we started testing with MD Fourier, I was like, oh, we, you know, now we have a metric and now we, we really know what's right or wrong and what's going to happen to the first version of the triple bypass. But no, it's, it's totally fine. So we all got lucky with that. I, and we were all vindicated recently because I saw Firebrand X posted the other day. Uh, he did a full recap. On, I think a Genesis, Genesis 3. One. Genesis 1, Ran BA3. MD, or, oh, yep, was it a mine. Genesis 1? Okay, <laughs> oh, BA3, yeah. Oh, the good one, yeah. That's one I've got right here. Yeah, and the results are in, and it really made a nice little improvement. It cleaned it up and uh, balanced the stereo perfectly. So, like, all of us who have done shotgun recaps just based on, well, they're past their lifespan big time by now, you know, the rated mm -hmm. hours and everything, uh, even if they work fine. There is still a benefit to doing yeah. that stuff. It's it's great to see because cool. well, every nerd already knows that, but it's great to see a, a real world visual example of you know here's how yeah. we've proven that even if your caps aren't leaky, it's it's good. And also just the basic practice of taking something that was designed with consumer grade products in mind, something that was designed to last maybe ten years. You know, no matter what, when you put these brand new capacitors in there that are really high quality and expensive, you know, not expensive if you're doing one recap, <laughs> they would be expensive for Sega for making millions of them. You just, you could, they're going to last forever. It's going to look and sound better. So, yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad we get to test that and have some proof. You know, there's one thing about the triple bypass. I mean, everybody's talking about how um, great it will make your console sound, but it actually looks amazing. I mean, compared to my, uh, uh, I've got a JVC XI. Uh, compared to that, it looks, I mean, night and day difference. It looks really, yeah, we, really good. Yeah, we really spent a lot of time on that. Renee started the whole project in the beginning and then, you know, continuing. Actually, it was really, uh, it was really Jose and uh, the people who are doing the current testing, TN Fang or TMEO and all that. And we really dug into that to make sure that we got the video just as good. So even things like, all right, well, if we're rearranging the board, if we put these components this close to the video amp, is there going to get any residual noise? And they did an amazing job on that. It's, it's just as good. And it's, you know, it's the combination of removing signals from a noisy motherboard and isolating them. And now you're using a brand new amp with all high-end components on it. And it's all the levels come out 
perfect and more... Because, you know, no two consoles will ever be exactly alike, but they'll always be in a better range. So if you put it on a scope, even if your console was way off before, it's still going to be closer to, you know, 700 millivolts millivolts, uh, than it would have previously. So it's just the video alone is no longer washed out. It's darker and better and... Yeah, I love it. I think uh, I'm, I'm very happy to have been a, a, even a small part of that project. And once the version 2 comes out, I'll try to do a fancy video on it to show it off to people. But whatever. I, I'm happy either way. It's cool that you got that installed, though. That's, uh, you know, people who do really appreciate how the quality jump that you get from it. Exactly. Yeah, it's things like that that, like, want to spur me on to, like... You know, my sound blasters, my all 32 my 64 you know, recapping my MT-32. I'd, I've seen, you know, some of the caps leaks, so I know I've got to, you know, recap this stuff. And I want to hear what it sounds like once I've got this all recapped. Mm. I mean, I you know, I play it still, you know, it still sounds good and sounds comparable to what I remember. You know, I can compare it to what people have recorded on YouTube, but... I know once I recap, just like with the Genesis and all this, you know, the other stuff that we've been finding and discovering in the community, you know, all of that kind of, you know, moves over to other stuff, too. And I know when I recap this stuff, it's going to sound even better. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of, like, the era that we're in right now, I think it's terrible if you're just starting to get into it in terms of collecting games. But if you're trying to get audio and visual quality, you, you couldn't jump in at a, at a better time. Yeah, absolutely. And especially so, yeah. because of the whole, um, you know, right when I started Retro RGB, there were still a bunch of people drilling Swiss cheese holes in the back of consoles and sticking, you know, <laughs> sticking composite video ports, thinking that they're upgrading these things. And uh, I'm glad that the, all the mods that are out there now, people are really going the extra effort to not cut because... You know, not only do you now enter a time where you can get awesome RGB mods for almost every console, if the next generation of mods come out, like a pure digital to digital mod or something, you could be able to do it on that same console without now just having a bunch of random holes in the back from the previous mod. So that's uh, that's definitely makes me happy. I'm always sad when I see people bragging about upgrading their Sega Master System and they just have a line of holes around the back plastic with all the different yeah, outputs. It's... The old you know, component wish... mods. Oh, yeah. Did. Internal component mods. Or remember the I'm like the Genesis HDMI mods where they would uh, the oh, one notorious modder those. would just glue the composite to <laughs> yeah. HDMI thing inside. Oh. Inside. Oh, gross. <laughs> yeah, I want to see more of those acrylic cases like that one company did uh, with the Super Nintendo. Mm. I want to see someone take that idea and expand that. And do because you know I've got a busted up SNES, and I would love to take that and throw it in one of these brand new you know acrylic, you know transparent cases, and you know maybe do a mod to it, and that way you know you're not damaging the original case because well in this case the original case is damaged mm-hmm. but the Super Nintendo's fine, so why not have someone out there make you know, these new cases and put them up there for people to buy and throw in, you know, their console into and maybe make it a little more modular to where, you know, the back, the back plate maybe has different 
uh, provisions for component or HDMI or, or whatever, future proof. I, I couldn't agree more on that one. And I think, um, I don't know if you saw the interview with Rourke, but I think he's he's <laughs> oh. moving on to that. Oh, yeah, Ray with the crack in the Super Nintendo. My, my Super Nintendo is the same. It's all busted. It's like in always the back. right in that spot, isn't yeah. it? For some reason. So all you got to do, as yeah. long as you have the power and reset buttons from the original, you could just swap everything else over. That would be that would be really great. And you're right. Yeah, I mean that's that's the type of thing. Aftermarket stuff. Drill away. Make it look like artwork. That's beautiful. That's you know that's the, the, why people should get aftermarket cases and stuff like that. But yeah, I agree. I'd love to see that, and I would do all of that stuff. I would make sure that you know, all of the Super Nintendo outputs were broken out. I'd have like a little custom board made and everything right on there. So yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. I remember the dream, the lifespan of the Dreamcast and the PS One. Like after market shells was so common, you literally could trip over one just walking by a store. Not anymore, and unfortunately. Not so much harder to find. Yeah, it's like it's impossible. If I could, I'd buy the I clear regret. cases for everything. I think that would just be killer. <laughs> Yeah, same here. I regret not picking up. I could have gotten a, a Dreamcast new inbox for, I think it was like 35 or something. And I didn't, because it's like, this stuff is, you know, at the time, it's like, well, who's going to want, you know, this is not going to, you know, everyone's got a Dreamcast. And I mean, I had like three of them just like laying around the house. And like, this stuff is so, no one's going to want, and like, yeah, famous <laughs> last words. Famous <laughs> last words. Well, this was absolutely awesome. I think we, uh, I think we hit the mark for just the perfect first writers podcast here. I really enjoyed this. As very strange as this is to say, I really enjoyed meeting Ronnie and Vanessa. <laughs> I've been talking to you for so long. It's so funny that I'm saying meet you, but it's you know it is actually the truth. But I think this was awesome. Um, I'd like to do this on a regular basis, maybe every couple of months or something, and you know, for the first ones, I just wanted everybody to get to know all of you. Um, and then maybe in the future we could talk a little bit more about the articles, but I think this was exactly what I had hoped it would be for the first one. Just kind of hanging out, getting to know, letting people get to know us, get to know each other a little bit better. And, uh, this was awesome. Thank you all for taking the time to do that. Cause we're stretched across many different time zones here. <laughs> oh yeah. So. Yep. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks for yeah, having us. So yes, it. thank you. This I was will awesome. have links to where to find all of you uh, in the video post. This will be audio and video, just like all the other podcasts we do. And, uh, you know, obviously the article will be posted. So uh, I'll have links to everybody here for people who want to follow. And, you know, I said it before and I'll say it again. Thanks so much for all your contributions and all your opinions and everything that you do. It's absolutely awesome. And I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of all this. So thank you. Well, that turned out really great. So thank you very much for everybody that watched. Thanks for being patient with the Skype delay, as usual. Uh, and of course, please don't forget to support all of these amazing people. Most of the contributors of the site have something, whether it's a Patreon or their own YouTube channel or something like that. So uh, even just to subscribe on somebody's channel is always a really great way to show your thanks. So thank you all very much for watching, and I'll see you next time.